Welcome to the That's What Friends Are For podcast. I'm your host, Katie Morton. Welcome to episode two, you guys. Already two episodes in. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about London, of course, because that's where I'm living, and specifically public transportation and my thoughts on it. And if I've driven in England yet and a couple of you know, stories, tidbits, fun facts. And towards the end of the episode, I will be giving some advice that you guys submitted on my Instagram. So I will be giving my best advice. Reminder, I am not a doctor, psychologist, psychotherapist, anything of the sort. I am just a 30-year-old girl who has lived a very eventful life. And I've uh, done a lot of things. So made a lot of mistakes and we love it when we make a lot of mistakes because that means we've hopefully learned a lot of lessons and if you've made a lot of mistakes and not learned many lessons well get to learn and sis before I moved to London I got rid of my car and I was really not happy with the idea of getting rid of my car because I had gotten it just over a year ago now and I absolutely loved my car. It's an electric car. I really loved it. But you know what? It's a material item. And since I've been here, I haven't once thought about my car. So obviously, it didn't mean that much to me. I don't have a car here. I didn't replace it by any means. So I use public transportation while I'm in London, which I've never lived in a city where I've had to use public transportation as my primary form of transportation. I've lived in the South and I lived in California. I know New York is very much like that. In London, I also walk a lot. My average steps has gone up tremendously. I'm pretty sure I'm just averaging around 10,000 steps here and it's not hard to do. Yesterday I did a casual 16,000 steps. Now, for those of you who live in places like New York and stuff, you're probably like, whatever. But for someone who has lived in their car their whole life, pretty much car, home, car, home, and then having to take hot girl walks, having to actively go to the gym or on a walk, run, whatever, to make sure I'm getting my steps in. It's crazy that all these everyday tasks are adding up to the amount of steps that they are. It's really easy for me to get steps in here, so I am loving that aspect of it. Another thing I really love here is the public transportation. I am excited about it now and I hope that I stay excited about it as the months go on and I hope that in the winter I'm not miserable but I will be going home for a couple months of the really harsh winter just so I don't grow to hate it here super quickly. <laughs> I do really like the tube. The tube here is the equivalent of the subway in New York except the tube is so much cleaner than the subway in New York. It is really easy to understand, although in New York, the subway is easy to understand. I tend to pick up on public transportation quite easy. I have my mistakes here and there, but you can download really easy maps. There's like City Mapper, the TFL, which is all of the London transportation service. I also really like the bus. So the bus is a double-decker bus, which is everything my Spice Girl dreams are made of because, I mean, 
I'm a big Spice Girls fan. If you don't know of the Spice Girls, get to know them. I was absolutely obsessed with the Spice Girls as a kid. They had this Spice World tour and their tour, they did their music tour on a double-decker bus that was wrapped in the British flag. So maybe I've been manifesting this since I was a child. Not sure. But I loved the Spice Girls. Posh Spice and Scary Spice were my favorites. I obviously related to Scary Spice in the way that she looked. And Posh and Scary Spice was also very unapologetically out there in herself. And Posh Spice was just so exactly that posh put together always wearing all black which is very me and I really loved her Victoria Beckham holler so that's that the double decker bus is my Spice Girl dreams it's not it doesn't come with the swing like baby spice or the pole or the mirror but there are two floors and I always and I would say this is also a recommendation so if you are visiting London I recommend when you look up where to go on maps, if you can take the bus and it's not terribly long, maybe like a 10 minute bus ride or whatever, take it and then walk up to the top of the bus and try to sit in the front. It's a dollar pretty much to take a tour of the city and you can use contactless on your phone. So it's super easy. You don't have to get a bus token or anything like that. You just tap your phone. It spends on your credit card which is way too easy. Let's talk about how Apple Pay is way too easy. It's terrifying. I feel like I'm not spending money, but I am. It's dangerous. So I just tap, 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 and and there goes ding, ding, ding on my credit card. So I tap to get on the bus. You go up to the top. You sit. You look out the front of the bus. It's almost as if no one's on the bus with you, and you get to see all of London, which is really cool. I also, while I'm on the bus, I pull out my map and if I see anywhere that I really want to try or a cafe, a pub, a dinner spot, somewhere where there's a really long line and I kind of want to see what's up, you can see a lot from the top of the bus and I click on my map, I click on whatever the location is and then I add it to my London guide on my Apple Maps. So that's a little hack. You can add pretty much anywhere to your guides. And then I go back later when I'm in the area, I click on my guides and I see what's around me that maybe I want to go to that I starred before. That is my bus experience. It's super easy. I also use the tube. The tube's a little further from me. I have a bus stop right outside my house. I also want to talk about the bike situation. (laughs) Bikes. I am a good biker, you guys. I know it already sounds like I'm not, but I have and had a fear of riding a bike through a major city for some time. I think in college at one point, the, my boyfriend at the time brought me to, uh, to New York on a trip and we were all going to go ride a, across the Brooklyn Bridge and back. We're going to ride across the Brooklyn Bridge check some things out in Manhattan and ride back. And I was terrified. And I didn't want to be the person, you know, holding everyone up from the trip. So I sucked it up, but I'm telling you, I was so scared. And no one, everyone on the Brooklyn Bridge, by the way, in New York, 
stands in the bike lane to take pictures off the Brooklyn Bridge. So you're like, ding, 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 ding. No one is paying any attention. They look at the very last minute. I'm hobbling, wobbling on my bike, trying to make sure I don't hit anyone or fly off the bike myself. At most of the Brooklyn Bridge, you're going uphill. Then all of a sudden, you are flying downhill. And it doesn't seem like it's much of a hill, but it is just enough arc to burn your thighs in the beginning and really get a nice solid workout in and then fly down uncontrollably at the end. And so I did get over a little bit of my fear slash get instilled with more fear when riding a bike in New York. It was quite scary. I've always thought the cars, I don't know what they're doing. The people, I don't, I don't know how to avoid people on the bike. I don't know because bikes get all hobbly wobbly and I don't want to fall over. That was my New York experience. Here, I didn't want to start riding the bike at first. I did a lot of steps. I've been doing so many steps, like I said. I didn't want to start riding the bike at first because not only was I nervous to ride a bike in a big city, I would have to ride this bike on the other side of the road. And when I turn, let's say I'm turning right, I have to get in the left lane. And it's just not natural to me yet. Well, now it kind of is, but it wasn't natural to me, obviously, when I first got here. Needless to say, scared, scared, scared. And one night I was with my neighbor. Oh, same neighbor, the girl that lives above me. Same night that I met, that I, not met, but same night that we discovered the naked neighbor we biked home she was like let's grab some lime bikes I'm like okay i was like i'm a little afraid she's like no nah, it's gonna be fine there's no traffic or anything i'm like you know what i know that i can do this if i follow her because all i have to do is follow i'm not that scared when i'm following someone because i know they're gonna go on the left side of the road or the correct side of the road so i'm like okay you know what fine F it. I'll do it. I'm going to follow her. So we get on these line bikes, which by the way, I never knew line bikes were motorized. That is the plug. And it makes you so much less wobbly when you start to ride the bike, because as soon as you press the pedal, instead of being like, you actually go. So that's nice. Line bikes all the way. So I followed her home, kind of got over the fear a little bit. So that was me going from scared to we tried it, right? So I tried the bike. I was like, wow, that was exhilarating, especially because it's motorized. It's not out of control. It's just enough to make the bike not so wobbly when you're stopping and starting. And that's usually why I don't like to ride the bike is because of the wobbliness and I feel like I'm going to fall over. Then, so I've not, not ridden a bike since. Actually, no. I lied. So sorry. James and I, I told James and his friend about the bikes and we rode a little five minute bike ride to a pub one night and, and they were like, wow, oh my gosh, we've never ridden bikes through London. Why haven't we done this? I'm like, your girl has got the public transportation hacks already. That was the extent of my biking, right? So I actually followed them. I'm like, you guys, I'm going to get us to the bikes, but I'm going to follow you through the roads. Then, you guys, the other night, James brought me on a surprise date, which was so kind. We haven't really gone on many date nights here because we live together now. So every night we're together and I think it's going to be one of those things where we need to make time for date nights. He 
was like, okay, we're going somewhere. We're going to dinner. So get ready for dinner. After dinner, he said, okay, get in your comfiest clothes you can possibly get in. Like, all right, great, sweet. Is anyone going to see me? He's like, no. I'm like, wonderful. And I know it's a date night, but I had on my white, these white Yeezys, black socks, blue pants, blue sweatpants with smiley faces on them and a black hoodie that was, that is James's. So I looked like I was maybe going to go TPing like we did in high school for junior senior wars. I looked like I was going to go on a night out to TP someone's house. We're about to walk out the door at 740. I promise this is relevant to public transportation. (laughs) Okay, so a greyhound looking dog looks like it's jogging past our house. I say jogging, it was running, but it was very gazelle-like. I said, oh, thinking, is that dog loose? For a second. And then I saw a biker kind of biking after it. Not after it, but just behind it. Casually, I'm like, oh, that's your dog. And he goes, that's not my dog. Then I hear people down the street screaming, grab that dog! So something in me, you guys, something in me caught fire flames. James and I take off. I'm running the fastest I've run in some time. I haven't sprinted in a while. Mind you, I'm in that full get up. I'm in my, I'm going TPing someone's house, get up, sweatpants, sweatshirt, shoot, my white Yeezys. And James is sprinting as well, much faster than I am. The dog doesn't start running faster, which I was afraid of, because if we run after a bear, bear starts sprinting. The dog's still at a galloping pace, which I think is enough to where we can catch it. And I'm realizing this gallop is so much faster than I'm realizing. So anyway, I immediately see this line bike. (laughs) Only one. And I get out my phone, scan that bike so fast, faster than I could even think, can I even master these roads? And I hopped on the bike and James goes, it's all the way down the street. You're not going to catch it. And I said, I can try. (laughs) I threw my hydro flask water bottle in that bike. I kid you not. I was off. I was off. I didn't care what roads I was about to go on. I needed to get this dog. I was just thinking, what if this was my dog? So I'm like, come here, baby, like calling after it, trying to see if it's my own. I lose it a couple of times because this thing, it's so freaking fast. It is a full on, first of all, it's a Saluki. If you've ever heard of a Saluki, it is a type of Greyhound that can go pretty much 50 miles an hour. 50 miles an hour. I know the bike is motorized and I'm also pumping on the bike. Not, not a chance in hell can I go 50 miles an hour. So I'm going after this dog. I'm going in circles down the streets. I'm holding my breath every time the dog crosses the road because I'm like, please do not let a car hit it. And then please do not let a car hit me. I knew it was dangerous. All of a sudden, a guy on a moped joins me. It is us two chasing after this dog and I'm trying to keep up with the moped. And then another guy, this is very, very much like a movie. Another guy joins us on a moped. It is two mopeds in the front. It's the dog, a diamond shape. The dog, two mopeds, me. Full out like a movie. I mean, it was sad, scary, and exhilarating all at the same time. 
The two guys kept cornering the dog. The poor baby's probably so scared at this point. I am laughing now because of what it looked like, not because of the situation, because the situation was very sad, very scary, but now everyone's okay, by the way. Everything's okay. But the two guys were trying to grab the dog. The dog was being such a gazelle, so graceful, almost, it got bumped by a car at one point and just leaped off the car and kept going. I was biking towards a double-decker bus at one point, waving my arms saying stop. It stopped. The dog nearly ran into it and the dog zipped around it and I kept yelling, fuck, fuck, why is the dog so fast? Why won't it stop? I'm like, come on. This dog is ruthless. So it just kept going. Poor baby was probably so scared. Finally, you guys. Oh, wait. I was also very afraid of curbs as a bike rider before. The biggest curb of my life, probably 10 inches. I, I'm not kidding. Let, let me just not exaggerate so much. Eight inches. And even the 10, I feel like, is an exaggeration. This curb was massive. And they were like, the dog's turning around to go the other way. And I knew I needed to stop it, but I knew the mopeds couldn't get on the sidewalk. But as a biker, I could. So I, <laughs> I checked that curb so hard. I bounced onto the sidewalk. My hydro flask flew over my head and goes ding, 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 like falls down into the street behind me, never again to be seen. So sad. I am severely parched ever since because I don't drink water unless I have my emotional support water bottle right by my side. I have not replaced it. I feel like every time I go on a walk in the morning, I'm just going to find her as if that'll be sanitary. Who knows what's happened to that water bottle now? So I do need to get a new one. I didn't get the dog at that point. I hopped back off the curb. We eventually, after 25 minutes of riding down a main road, in London, corner the dog into this house and the people of the house come out and I am with the dog. Poor baby has bloody paws. So I'm wheezing. I'm asthmatic. <laughs> I'm wheezing. I'm panting. I'm sweating. I'm in a full sweatsuit. That is a ridiculous looking outfit. The dog is, ble is bleeding and laying down at their door. And of course, the house we stop in front of, clearly a five million pound house. The people that walk outside have the poshest British accent I've ever heard in my life. They're like, oh, hello, what, what's going on here? The dad comes out in what looks like hand-sewn house shoes. I'm just staring at his house shoes. I'm like, sorry, the dog the dog. I proceed to tell him the story. The mom comes around the corner. She goes, were you on foot? <laughs> Asking me if I was on foot. I said, no, the bike, <laughs> the lime bike that's just scattered in their yard. The two motorcyclists look beat, completely beat. <laughs> we all look a mess. And these people look so nice. And they were about to sit down for just dinner at their house. You would think they were going to a five-star restaurant. They weren't. They looked, they were dressed so smart. And it was the perfect juxtaposition between them and us 
that makes this story so funny in my head because of the situation at hand and what we had walked into. So anyway, they were actually so kind. They helped out with the dog, the Saluki, and brought it to the vet with us. And that's really the end of that story. But that whole story was not me trying to say I'm a hero by any means, by the way. That I would have done it because it's just the thing I felt like I needed to do. It wasn't about that. But I needed to tell you this story because I went from zero on the bike to Tokyo Drift. Like I went from not a biker to Fast and the Furious. And I, with mopeds, with double-deckers chasing dogs down the street, I cannot believe the leap I have made when it comes to being a biker. The confidence that I now have about biking down these streets is unprecedented. Like, it is through the roof to the point where it might even be an unsafe amount of confidence. Either way, that is my story of being... An elite biker now. I have, yeah. So I, I still don't think I could drive on these streets. I have driven, however, in the countryside. Uh, but I've not driven anywhere else. And it wasn't that difficult because it was just a straight road. But the biking has taken me places, 100%. I will say, to bring it back to... I'm just laughing. I'm just laughing thinking about everything about that. Uh, To bring it back to the double-deckers, by the way, a fun fact for you Spice Girls fans that I just remembered that has nothing to do with the dog, the bike, the lime, the nothing, just the double-decker, is, you know, Baby Spice was found, essentially discovered, I shall say, by Ginger Spice, Jerry, when she was walking off a double-decker. Apparently, she looked so cute. Jerry Ginger Spice asked if she could sing. She said, yeah. And they she brought her into the studio right away, introduced her to the other girls, proposed her as another member. I think one of the members, the previous members, didn't want to do it. So that sucks for her. She didn't want to do it. I think something about maybe her parents or her not thinking it was going to go anywhere and then so they replaced her with baby spice emma who had just walked off a double decker looking her best and so cute and i guess she had like little blonde piggy buns and platform shoes and looked really cute and so they grabbed her off a bus so that is a fun fact about the spice girls that i do really love i do feel like i'm kind of living a little spice girly life here To just tell you how much I loved the Spice Girls as a kid, I did have a Spice Girl birthday. And when I say Spice Girl birthday, I'm not talking just theme, banner, poster. I'm talking I went to Relay for Life charity event and me and my friends performed on stage. (laughs) If you want to be my lover, right? If you want to be is the song. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. If you wanna be my lover, you gotta get with my friend. That song. We performed that on stage (laughs) for my birthday. That was my request. So I'm sorry to all of my friends who maybe didn't wanna do it. 
Um, I'm glad I pushed you, though, because that's what friends are for. <laughs> that's what friends are for, pushing us past our boundaries. I'm getting parched, people. Like I said, my water bottle's still back there. Okay, okay, let's move on to the girl chat part of the episode where you guys vent, confess, or ask for advice. On this part of girl chat, you guys asked me for advice on my Instagram, and I'm going to be doing my absolute best to answer because that's what friends are for. Here we go. I started dating someone, and we're already talking about marriage and kids. Thoughts. Okay, so my thoughts on this, I think it's always a good idea to watch out for love bombing. Follow your gut on this one. If it feels right, I say go for it because I think it depends on a couple of factors. What phase of life are you in? A little bit age because that a lot of the times can determine the phase of life that you're in. I think it's a person by person basis. I think when we say I started dating, have you gone on one date? Have you gone on 10 dates? Is I started dating over the course of a few months or you just met them? If you just met them, this is a red flag. You got to run. But I think generally talking about what your wants and needs are ultimately is actually a good thing to say up front. To be clear with someone, let's say you're like, I generally want kids. I see myself having kids in the next five years. With you, who knows? But I do see myself having kids in the next five years. That is what I want for my life. I think that is a difference than planning it out with someone because when you tell someone what your intentions are for yourself, they know up front what you're looking for and they are going to be able to tell if they're able to match or date you with those rules, I guess, for lack of a better term. Rules isn't the word, but I'm missing that word right now. All right, here's the next one. My mom feels like I'm abandoning her when I move out soon to live on my own. I'm 28. I think that this is probably a very natural thing for moms to feel. They feel that they're child is leaving the nest aka abandoning them but I don't think it's right for a mom to ever make you feel guilty for doing what you are intended to do you are intended to spread your wings and leave the nest you are intended to fly and to thrive and to figure out life on your own without her and I think that it's very loving for a mom to love you so much that they feel so connected to you. So that's a privilege in itself. However, I don't think it's nice or fair to you to make you feel like it's your fault for doing something that you need to do. So you know what, sister? I'm sorry that that's happening because I'm sure it's hard We don't want to upset our moms. We don't want to see them sad or anybody we love for that matter. But you do have to do what's best for you. Even if that means it's going to hurt her temporarily, hurt her feelings temporarily. But you can reassure her that you're going to be back. You're not abandoning her and never coming back ever again. 
you are leaving to do what you have to do and to have an independent life and you're going to come back and visit and that is fine but it's not it's not nice to make you feel like you can't go that is that's my thoughts on that that are my thoughts on that okay here's for the next one i'm going through a breakup after seven years i broke up with him and i don't know if i did the right thing i'm telling you right now if you feel relieved from the breakup, you probably did the right thing. There is going to be heartache. It is going to be something you mourn. This person has been in your life for a really long time. And if it is meant for you, it will be yours. It is already yours. So if you need this time to be alone, to explore, to travel, to just generally be by yourself, be with yourself, spend some time with yourself, that is fine. You do not have to promise them that you will be back. You just need to sit with yourself for a while to figure out if it's right. Obviously, I'm not able to tell you if it's right or not right because I don't have all the pieces. But what I am able to say is that if you get back with them really quickly because you're afraid if you made the wrong decision or not, you will be, it might become a cycle. I recommend you taking more time alone, not being afraid to be alone, really sit with yourself, really figure out and get into your routine of life, your new habits without them. And if you miss them every single day and your heart aches so much for all of those little things that they brought in the relationship, maybe you could go back if they took you back. But you can't be afraid for them to not be there if you decided otherwise. Because whatever is for you is already yours. It is going to be there for you no matter what. But telling them to wait for you is a whole nother story. Don't do that. Now, mind you, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But that is my advice because I will say I went through the cycle of I broke up with my boyfriend of a long time and I questioned it and I didn't really know if I wanted to be with him and I broke up with him. And then I got back together with him way too quickly because I think I was afraid of being alone because we had been together for so long, I didn't quite know who I was without him. And figuring that out was scarier at the time than just going back and being together. Even though that's not what was best for me. And I knew deep, deep, deep down in my soul that that's not what was best for me, but it was what I, ne I thought I needed. And it was my comfort zone. It was not the obstacle. And I will quote Ryan Holiday in saying, the obstacle is the way. So take more time right now and don't go back yet. Or, you know, I, I would say don't go back yet. Obviously, you don't know me, but... I would say that's what friends are for. Telling you to figure out your, your shit. So figure out your shit. Figure out if you're just afraid to be alone. Seven years is a long time. I don't know how old you are, but let's say you were 16 when you started dating him, 16, 17, 
18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Between 16 and 23, you've now started driving. You've gone to college and all the way out of college. You started, you've had drinks legally. You were probably traveling with your friends. The amount of growth that happens between 16 and 23 for everyone, women and men included, is insane. The amount of maturity that happens between 16 and 23, even though I wouldn't say 23 is max maturity, I would still say 16 to 23 is wild how much more mature you get. And if it was seven years between 23 and 30, although those years are definitely different and they're still transformative in their own right. I am definitely 1000% a different person from when I was 23 to when I was 30. And you have to evolve together in a relationship or else it revolves in a circle. So evolve, not revolve. So you have to evolve together. And if you haven't been evolving together, that's also something that can feel off. So right now, sit with yourself, I say. Sit with yourself, be with yourself, love the time you spend with yourself. If you see him again, if you you're going to know if it's right or if it's wrong. You're going to know if you're going back out of fear or if you're going back because this is the person that you see yourself spending the rest of your life with. I think even just hearing that, what I just said right there, you you probably had a little feeling, right? You probably had either a, oh, damn it. I really wish he was the person that I could spend the rest of my life with. You can't wish you can love someone enough. You You either do or you don't, you know? I've actually had someone say to me, I wish, I wish I loved you because you have all the things. I'm like, well, wishing you love me isn't loving me. There, that is totally different. You, someone can be the nicest, best person on paper for, and you think this is the person for you and it can still not feel right. It can still not be right. Don't force it. Take a deep breath and figure out you. That is my advice. Very long-winded, but I hope it helped. Okay, that is all the advice I have in me for today. I don't want to be way too long-winded with all my advice, but I do want to help because that's what friends are for. I'm here to be your internet friend, your podcast buddy, the person who kind of checks you and you need to get checked. If you want to get checked, we will have each other's backs because like I said, that's what friends are for. That's what this podcast is Four. Today is James's birthday. And that's just to flip things around. I don't know when you're listening to it this, but I'm recording this October 21st, 2022. Today is James's birthday. He is out golfing right now. And I'm gonna have to hop off of here so that I can clean this house. <laughs> you guys, I was I also have to go get command strips because my confession right now is I was in the guest room and we painted the guest room a dark, dark blue. So if you follow me on Instagram, I do home polls. I did ask between two blues and a green. Most people said green and I, I just didn't listen. I'm sorry. I just, I couldn't do it. I had to go for the darkest blue, even if it was going to make the room feel small because something in my soul said the darkest blue. So even when your friends tell you things, you don't have to listen. You can learn the hard way. Just ask. Just ask me. I actually think it looks really, really good, but I tried to drill a hole into my wall today and I'm pretty sure behind my wall is straight brick and concrete. So I did get one hole through, 
finally, uh, after a broken drill bit. And once I got the hole through, I couldn't get the little stupid plastic thing through. So I'm over it. I'm saying, screw it. I got to go get command strips. But I don't know if command strips are going to hold a freaking wall sconce on. So I'm not actually going to get an electrician because good luck to me getting an electrician. Everybody around here in London cancels everything. I actually hired painters and they canceled. I hired a dog sitter for puppy daycare. They canceled. So people just cancel. They're just little cancelers. I painted it myself and now I bought battery powered light bulbs so that the wall sconces don't actually have to have the wiring through the wall so that they can just be on the wall and I can screw in the light bulbs and click on off on off. So hoping the command strips actually keep them up. I thought I was going to be much more of a DIYer when moving into this apartment. Let me tell you how much DIY is the bane of my existence. I have been trying to DIY a set of chairs that I definitely have shared on Instagram a couple of times now. And this freaking country is so rainy. I love England thus far. I do love London thus far, but the freaking rain gets in the way of the DIYs. You cannot be DIYing when it's raining this much. I was very spoiled in the California sunshine and dry weather. So with these chairs that I've been trying to paint, I've painted and completed one. Then I did primer on the other three. And then it's been on off raining for the past week. It's James's birthday. People are coming over tomorrow and the chairs are not done. So I've borrowed wooden chairs from my neighbor again, <laughs> not the naked one. And thankfully she's let me borrow some chairs that I can use and I can hide these chairs in our bedroom. Our master bedroom has become the hiding space for when people come over. We have a rug to return. I have things all over the place. I hate the mess of when you move in, but I think that just comes with the territory. I will not be signing up for any more DIYs until these chairs are done until and until the wall sconces are on the walls in the guest room, which I'm actually gonna try and get done today before James gets home. I wanted to get the guest room completely finished because one of, I guess it's a birthday gift. It's more of a birthday service. My love language is acts of service times a million. So he has friends coming over tomorrow and I know he loves when his home looks really nice when people are over. So that's why I'm trying to get this guest room completed before he gets home so that he just feels relieved. And I won't be able to do that if I'm sitting here in bed on the podcast, but I have loved being here. I hope that you have too. I hope that you've gotten something out of it, especially through the advice or a laugh through any of the stories that I have told. I'm happy you're here. Please send me more advice that you may need through Instagram. I am trying to put the form up, but I haven't quite done that yet. I said I was going to do it in the last podcast, but then I can't figure it out because it's another DIY. So <laughs> I will figure it out. But as of now, you can just DM me on Instagram any advice that you may need and let me know how you like the podcast. Please rate and review because this is a brand new podcast. I 
I haven't told anyone about it yet, even sitting here recording this episode. This is episode two, and I still haven't told anyone, not even my mom. I am excited to see what you guys actually think, but please rate, give an honest review. Uh, Let me know what I can improve. Send me a DM, whatever. I hope this helps you. I'm here to hype you up and help you out always because that's what friends are for. I'll see you next time.